0: So hello, everyone, again, welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Again, we're telling stories, I'm telling stories about the goodness of God over this fall and just wanting to give thanks and celebrate the amazing things that He's done, especially the end of Psalm 100 where He says, Give thanks to me and praise my name, for I am good, my love endures forever, and I am faithful to all generations. So we're telling stories of what God's done this fall and His faithfulness to show His goodness and His love. Well, today, really fun and exciting for me, is that we have with us Megan Fitzgerald. Welcome, Megan. Hi. Which we rarely get a chance to have somebody with us because we do these things on Thursday (laughs) mornings. So it's pretty special that she's here and it's kind of a God thing that it all worked out. Anyway, I asked Megan to come because she had an experience. She was a part of one weekend where we do the longer version um, from Friday night until Sunday lunchtime. And in that case, we actually get to go through four parts. There's the introductory time on Friday night, there's the love verse time in the morning, there's the measuring stick in the afternoon, and then the god sighting time on Sunday morning. Well, anyway, the progression of what God did in Megan's heart and life over the course of that not even 48 hours was nothing short of amazing. And so Megan had written up a lot of this stuff for me just to tell me and share, and it was pretty exciting to read. And then when I found out she was going to be up this way (laughs) today, I asked her to come in, and instead of me reading the stuff, I want her to come and just share a little bit. So Megan's here with us, and I'm just so glad, and we're going to have some fun chatting about this. So let me begin this way. When we do any weekend, once we have all the names, we are very, very prayerful about putting the groups together. And in this case, for this weekend, the gal that usually does it for us who feels like God's gifted her to put the groups together, she's in Massachusetts. She gets the list. She prays it through. She makes the groups. She sends it back to one of my teammates and says, if you feel like you should change it, go ahead. Well, my teammate says, nope, I think it's right. So, I get done with the opening session, we get into group at like 9:15 and there are three people in my group. Megan's one, there's another gal and a guy. And he's an older guy, 74 years old, and he has difficulty hearing. He's hearing impaired most of his life. He had hearing aids and I don't know if it was because of that. The opening thing we share, we ask people to share a little bit about family and their job and their walk with God (laughs) and I don't know if maybe he didn't quite understand or not but he starts sharing his story of his own family and what it was like for him to grow up in his family and amazingly he gets really teary throughout this telling of that story well then I want Megan to tell you though what happens when we hear about his hearing impairment go ahead Megan It was
1: an instant understanding between the other woman who was in our group and myself because we both have family members who struggle with deafness, her son and both of my parents. And so we're both adjusted to speaking loudly and enunciating. And looking. And looking straight at him, exactly. (laughs) So we were very conscientious of Mm. that, which I think in any other group, it might not have been so. Mm -hmm. And instead of isolating this man, it actually brought him into the fold even closer.
0: Mm -hmm. And he felt a connection then with the two of you and the two of you to him. And of course, Megan was helping me all the time, looking at me and telling (laughs) me to look at him, speak up and look at him in the face so he could read my lips. But I just want you guys to capture this again. Did you hear this? These groups, there's 10 people who are participants in this weekend. The groups are made by somebody in Massachusetts. What is the chance of this group being formed where the one guy has got hearing impairment and the other two people have family members who are hearing impaired, so totally empathetic, understand, and helpful? Well, that was like the first thing, but then we discovered another thing once the three of you started sharing. (laughs) And what was that?
1: (laughs) We quickly discovered that all of us had a different, I don't want to call it agenda, but um, reason to be there that was not for the purpose of the retreat. None of us really felt that we needed to be a part of the retreat. The other woman was there because she had a friend who she felt really needed to be there. This gentleman was there because his wife really wanted to go, and he was trying to be supportive in their marriage. I went... Because I'm new to the area and my community and new to the church, and I'd heard about it and thought, wow, what a great way to meet people. So, that was my only hope, to go and
0: maybe make a few friends. Yep. So, you can imagine Judy and I are sitting there going, oh, this is great, Lord. (laughs) Our three people didn't even come because they wanted to come, per se, for what you had in store. So, that's what we learn. We see this hearing impaired thing, but again, what happens is that this guy begins to share his heart and he starts weeping in varieties of times as he's telling the story. He starts unloading the Kleenex box and I think it totally melted every wall, every barrier, every anything and suddenly all three of you became phenomenally transparent about your own stories. In fact, you had said something about, right, during worship, you didn't want to do that. You want to pick up on that?
1: It's very interesting because before we went into the small groups, we had worship time, and I sat there really struggling with God and saying in my head, in my heart, God... They just said that we're going to have to share, and I I don't feel comfortable with that. God, please don't make me share. Just make it so that I don't have to share too much. Just let me be able to sit back and listen and sympathize or not even contribute very much. Just let me be a part of this without being forced into sharing. And when I heard this man speaking about his children and saw him crying, it's interesting what happened to my heart in that moment It struck a chord, I guess, and I'm just realizing this now as we're speaking about it, but that his love for his children was so profound. I had never seen that kind of love from a man towards his children, which, as we progressed, became so amazingly clear to me that that is the love that God has for us. And so much more. And so much more. (laughs) However, I wasn't there yet. Yet, yeah. (laughs) But I saw that, and... I suddenly felt very convicted about my prayers, and God was really putting it on my heart that if I really was there for the weekend, I should get something out of it, gosh darn it. And (laughs) I need to be honest and authentic and show up for these people, because otherwise I'm wasting everyone's time. Mm -hmm. And when I first started speaking, that's what I said. And I looked at Judy, and she said, yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. So she begins to share, and again, Megan, you don't have to go into much detail. You can say it in a sentence, but Megan was phenomenally vulnerable with all of us about her past and a lot of very, very painful things, particularly things, again, that would affect her view of men and her view of fathers. Again, Megan, I don't know if you want to say much more than that, because again, you guys, when you hear the rest of this as we proceed, you're going to see just, again, God's sovereignty for making this group and how he used each of us in it for one another. All of us got so blessed, but especially in Megan's case, it was phenomenally impactful given the condition of her soul and her heart when she came in.
1: Not to go into too much detail Growing up, my parents divorced when I was three and my father really abandoned our family. My mother remarried someone with a severe alcohol problem Mm. who was extraordinarily emotionally abusive, physically abusive, and I will say mentally abusive because there were mind games too. And eventually there was sexual abuse in our family and those wounds have hovered and lingered in my life and in the lives of all of my siblings forever as we've grown into adulthood. Mm. And that's what I shared.
0: And the other guy and myself, as we're listening to Megan pour this stuff out, and of course now she's crying, we start crying for her because we can't fathom as fathers a daughter being treated like this. And even in that opening night then, Megan begins to see things, see responses, and hear words from fathers that were utterly unfamiliar to you, if, if that's correct, right?
1: Yes, and just the remorse that I saw in you and and heard in your words and the things from the other gentlemen that were spoken to me, no man has ever apologized for the sins that were committed against my siblings and I growing up, and my mother, I should say, And it was powerful Mm. and touched my heart and broke my heart at the same time. Mm.
0: Mm. And it is right now. I can see the tears are coming. (laughs) Again, you guys, this is what's so cool is just even recounting amazing memories of God's love and God's presence. The power of profound experience can bring us back there again when we remember. So anyway... We had this amazing time where the group time, instead of being an hour, it went two hours. And we probably emptied almost a whole Kleenex box between the whole of us. So the next morning, though, we do this exercise where you pick a verse... And there's a worksheet that goes with the verse that has synonyms and antonyms. You've heard me talk about this over the years where we use this so that with the guidance of the Holy Spirit, we try to kind of amplify or expand the verse in a way that using other words, similar words and opposite words, the Holy Spirit would lead us to find words that would really connect with our heart deeply. And so folks write that and then they come to group and they, they share this. So Megan picked this one that's a combination of three verses and just a couple of statements in it. And Megan, do you want to share the verse and then what you ended up doing your expanded version?
1: Yes. You who were not beloved, Megan, I call you beloved. You are the apple of my eye, and I love and long for you, Megan, my joy and my crown.
0: Yes. so that's the original. Now here's what Megan read to all of us in the expanded form.
1: Megan, you who were cast aside as stupid and discounted as a bother and a nuisance, I call you my prized. You are my child, the apple of my eye, and I adore and cradle you in my arms, Megan. Say it again. (laughs) Megan, you who were cast aside as stupid and discounted as a bother and a nuisance, I call you my prized. You are my child the apple of my eye, and I adore and cradle you in my arms, Megan.
0: So, Megan, thank you. And I hope you guys even caught that when she read it the second time, you could hear even more of her heart engaging. Now, it wasn't all that long, but again, the gentleman in our group, when he heard those first antonyms, it just so affected him. And then when I heard her say about the cradle, how did that last line go again?
1: I adore and cradle you in my
0: arms, I Megan. I adore and cradle you in your arms. Well, that triggered in me Luke fifteen twenty, where the father runs, throws his arms around and kisses. And so I looked at Megan. I said, would you be okay? I just feel compelled to invite you to stand with me. And can I put my arms around you like the father in the prodigal and cradle you in my arms and let the others read this back to you? So Megan stood up, and I'm tall. I'm 6'2". What are you, Megan, probably? (laughs) 5'6". 5'6". So like her head's right in my chest. And so I just wrap my arms around and say, from the Father's heart to yours, just receive this as your Heavenly Father's love for you. And then my co-facilitator, she begins to speak this to Megan. But now she's adding things, too, as she's getting them. And because of where Megan is in my arms, my head's right beside her ear. And so almost everything that they say... I'm echoing it. I'm just saying, it's true, Megan. It's true. That's my heart. Or I'd make them stop and repeat it again. Well, then we gave the gentleman and let him say it. And the way that he said it was such emotion and such tears, we're all a puddle <laughs> as we're just going through this thing, watching and experiencing God speaking, holding, cradling, affirming. And Megan Wright, for you, this is something utterly foreign to you.
1: So foreign that I can't even articulate how foreign it was, (laughs) which really made it all that much more powerful, which really drove it home that, yes, it's Mark holding me and it's this other gentleman who is speaking the words, but I never in my life have felt the warmth and presence of God so much as I did in that very moment. Mm -hmm. And I heard God say to me, this is it. You see now that I love you. You see now that you are not the broken girl that you thought you were. You are whole, and you're whole in me.
0: Yeah, and deeply, deeply loved. And you guys, this is the thing that's so incredible about this. Remember... When people encountered Jesus, when he wept with Mary and Martha, wept over Lazarus, I'm sure that he held them too. He loved these gals. They were like sisters to him. But in the moment that Jesus is doing that, that's also God. The coolest part about this is in that moment, as you just heard Megan share, is that she's recognizing that this is an encounter with the living God. And to a certain extent, a counter with Jesus, who is present by His Spirit in us, where God has become physically a present again and has my voice and Judy's voice and our friend's voice, and He's using my arms to hold her, and it becomes this profound encounter. Very practical, tangible, up close and personal, we call it, encounter with the Lord Jesus. And even now, Megan's just wiping the tears away because it's to relive it, to remember it was so, so, so profound.
1: I think the reason I'm crying right now is also because I have been blessed every day since that day to relive it in some way or another. And sitting here retelling this has brought back all of these flashes of ways that God has said this to me every single day since that Saturday.
0: Wow! which again, because he's fully present, he can do that. And the best part about the words that she just spoke and heard from the Lord is they don't go away, right? That's the cool thing is that when these encouraging words are being spoken in a sense prophetically, but they're his word, you can go back and see it, know it's true, that he cannot lie, he cannot change his mind, and you can just revel in it every single day. Well, hey, we're going to pause here and pick it up in the next podcast. Megan, would you just say for all of them, though, would you just say it from the Father's heart? I want you to hear one more time, and especially for those of you that might have experienced a difficult past. Hear the heart of the Lord, the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus and the Spirit through her, where she's going to share the verse as is, and then she's going to do her extended version, and we're just going to close out with that. Listen now to the heart of God.
1: You who are not beloved, my child, I call you beloved. You are the apple of my eye, and I love and long for you. My child, my joy, and my crown. And now I want to share with you the extended version so that you can hear it from the Father's heart. Beloved child, you who've been cast aside, beaten, abused, called stupid, been made to feel discounted as a bother or a nuisance to your family or society, I call you my prized, my prized child. You are a child of God. You are my child, the apple of my eye, and I adore you and I cradle you in my arms daily. In Jesus' name.
0: Awesome kiddo. Thank you. Sweet.